1: Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well then head over to patreon.com/nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Programs and welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins,
0: and my name is Derek Diamond.
1: Sorry, we missed the show last week. We uh, we just couldn't get it together for last week, and uh, I know people were asking us where the show was, and I had to keep telling people that um, just our schedules couldn't line up for last week. But we're back. We're not going anywhere. We're not pod fading. We just had to take a week off.
0: No, we would never pod fade. Never, ever, never, never in a million years.
1: Too many games to play, too much news to cover.
0: I would rather play a Final Fantasy game. That I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> uh, what if we get down to where we've done? E- what if we're on like episode like you know five thousand, and we're like you know sixty five years old, and we've run out of things to play? Then I might think about playing a Final Fantasy game
0: you would think about it.
1: <laughs> I'd think As, about it. You would you all would right. consider it. I'll what wait till time? the Alzheimer's hits and I won't be able to remember anything and I'll go ahead and start playing it.
0: I would like to think you would review Pong instead. <laughs>
1: Probably all I'll be able to play by then because uh I won't have the memory capacity to play anything else.
0: And the week before I will have reviewed Ocarina of Time for the 6th time.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, you yeah. saw that, um, uh, I know this is kind of part of the news, but I was really surprised when I looked on the switch this last week and saw all the new games that were on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I noticed that too. And, um, it's kind of interesting because, and I know this kind of segues into, you know, the first news story, but I was surprised about the, um, the SP for Zelda two. Yeah. And I kind of wish that that was out when I reviewed it because it would have made it a lot easier. I I actually thought about
1: that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that would have been better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but no, it's all good.
1: And um, I I did play a little bit of um, Tetris 99. Dude, I have Mm -hmm. no idea what's going on in that game. Like, I haven't figured it out yet. Like, I don't know what to do.
0: How is it different from normal Tetris? Because I haven't played Tetris 99 yet. You, you,
1: you just have to play it. I, I, you play like a game of Tetris, and there's ninety nine other players, and you try to like. I, I, honestly, I have no idea. I I don't know what's going on in that game. You you try to knock everybody out until there's one one person left. It's like it's like Tetris Battle Royale is what it is.
0: I'll have to check that out.
1: Yeah, it's crazy in there. Like I, I last like five seconds a game. That's about it.
0: Gee, yeah, that's insane for Tetris. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, anything yeah. else you want to talk about before we move into the news for this week?
0: and eh, not really. Just that uh, work is starting to get insane right now. One of the main reasons why we didn't do the show last week is because I had a, a game I had to work. A Tuesday night and I did not get home till I think like 11 o'clock at night maybe
1: that's ugly so
0: yeah it's funny because we had a high school game last night and then we've got a college tournament starting tomorrow that runs through Friday so tonight was the one free night that I had and luckily it was the night that we do the show
1: hell yeah well let's go ahead and cover some news for this week shall we sure As we were talking about just a few minutes ago on NintendoLife.com, Nintendo adds new NES games and SP versions to Switch Online earlier than planned. Uh, In a surprise turn of events, the NES Switch Online app has updated one day earlier than expected, meaning you can now play March's new offerings by updating the software. And this month you get Kid Icarus and Star Tropics. And I think we actually mentioned Kid Icarus a few weeks ago, how we wished we would see it on uh, Switch Online and also Star Tropics which just so happens to be my favorite NES game is now on the Switch so I am very very happy about that.
0: The uh the higher ups at Nintendo heard our demands and they were granted. They
1: did. Also uh two uh more SP edition titles have arrived on the app. This time it is Kirby's Adventure and of course Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. So you want to go play a, probably a much better game of Zelda 2, go try the SP version that is now available on the Switch.
0: Yeah, you start with your attack, magic, and life all maxed out, so that will definitely make things a lot easier. A funny side note, uh, bringing up Kirby's Adventure, I've actually been playing that on the Switch. Really? Uh, I don't know that it's going to be my review for next week. I've narrowed it down to like two or three games that I'm going to review, so... Uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty fun, and um, you know, like I said with Zelda Two, I wish that had come out weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> and excited to actually try out Kid Icarus because I've never played it before.
1: I did play it a little bit uh, the other night, and um, I forgot how hard that game is. It's pretty hard, so I think I might actually do that for my next review because um, Kid Icarus was one of those games that I really wanted. When uh, I first got my NES, and probably it is, def- it was one of the f- few of the first games that I ever played for the NES, and um, I- I'd really like to review it, go back and play it. I haven't played it in thirty years at least, so I'd like to go back and and really see how far I can get into it.
0: No, definitely, and uh, you know, Star Tropics. I know it was on the NES Classic, but now that it's on the Switch, I will probably get a little bit more into that game because from what i've briefly played of it i do really like it and i i agree with you in the sense that i could see this actually being a franchise that's still around had oh, nintendo yeah. cashed in on it
1: oh absolutely and we have another funny story involving star tropics coming up after this next story
0: we do uh, next story comes to us also from NintendoLife.com. Extremely rare Nintendo World Championship cartridge found in an attic. I want to say we talked about these on our last show. Uh-huh. Uh, while you can pick up many NES games for next to nothing, there are several cartridges that fetch eye watering prices these days, especially in good condition. We mentioned that a mint, unopened copy of the original Mario Brothers sold for over $100,000. That's all well and good, but Super Mario Bros. cart is our ten a penny. It's the rarities like stadium events or the Nintendo World Championships cartridges that really get our juices flowing, and it seems that a copy of the latter has surfaced in the wild. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, there's a video attached to the article from retro gaming YouTuber Metal Jesus that describes the, uh, the cartridge. It's one of the gray ones, so it comes in two colors. One is gold, and the other is gray. Yeah,
1: and actually, um, I think the—well, um, I, I know that the—let's the, the, the uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember which one is actually the more valuable of the two. I'm pretty sure it's the gold cartridges that are more valuable, but um, the ones like the ones that he found, the, the gray cartridges, are the ones that were actually in the tournament. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it also says here that the gamer in question found the game in his attic and contacted Metal Jesus for advice. His brother apparently played in the tournament, which explains how it came to be mm-hmm. in his possession. Uh, let's see. He got the cartridge authenticated, and it appears to be legitimate. And he has already gotten an offer for $23,000 for it. Now,
1: I need to go look in my parents' attic and see if there's anything <laughs> up there worth $23,000. I mean, come on, man.
0: Uh, oh, man, give me something uh, that would be great. But that's it's crazy to think that, you know, you can just randomly find stuff like that that you think is worth nothing, but then turns out to be worth this enormous amount of money. It's I don't know why, but that show Storage Wars comes to mind when it comes to stuff yeah. like that. I don't know if you've ever watched that. But
1: And what I'm wondering is, is um, this dude found the game, but his brother was the one that actually played in the tournament. So is he going to have to give his brother the money for the sale of the cartridge because it was his to begin with, or is that going to start like a family argument?
0: I'd start the family argument.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This next story. He should, he should oh, at least get a cut of it. Oh, yeah, I'd say they split it. They should split it. Be brothers. Split it. You know, you're going to get 30 grand easy for that. So, yeah. So, this is also from NintendoLife.com. Nintendo forgot that you cannot complete Star Tropics without the original NES manual. Just last week, Nintendo added Star Tropics to the NES Nintendo Switch Online app, presenting the game to an entirely new audience. Unfortunately, These new players are finding themselves unable to complete the game thanks to what only can be described as a bizarre oversight from Nintendo itself. For those unaware, the game provided players with a neat out-of-game gimmick to enjoy when it launched back in the 90s. The game tells players to dip a letter from Dr. Jones into some water to discover a secret, and this letter was included physically as a part of the included manual. Players had to physically dip the paper into water at home to be presented with a three-digit code, and they provide a uh, video of someone doing that very thing, dipping the letter into the water. Um, and for the Wii U Virtual Console release, which arrived in 2015, uh, without a manual, got around this by simply showing the wet version of the letter in the digital manual. Um it what's wrong with the Switch Online version? It does not have the Wii U fix included, and instead simply tells players to dip the letter into the water, waiting for the code. But of course, the players do not have the physical letter, and there isn't a digital copy available either. So what are they supposed to do? It seems Nintendo, Nintendo simply forgot about the feature entirely. So, if you are playing the game and you actually need to know the code, the code is 747. If you start playing a game of Star Tropics, there's going to be a point where you have to input a, a code into your submarine, and the code is 747.
0: That's amazing. How
1: did they forget? <laughs>
0: I think you have a soundbite in your uh, collection that would be perfect oh, yeah. for this situation. I, it's right here. You blew it. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> oh boy, Nintendo. Uh, that's, that's kind of important. Like you literally cannot finish the game without that little bit of inf- of information, and which originally was a way to combat piracy back in the day, which worked well, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, how do you forget how do you forget that that's in the game?
0: That's a pretty cool feature, though, from back in the day, that you have to actually physically do something outside of the game to yeah. affect what actually happens in the game. Because I I watched the video, you know, before we started, and it, it's it was a pretty cool feature. But yeah, that's that's kind of a blunder on Nintendo's part to forget that little important detail. Yeah,
1: good job, Nintendo. <laughs> one more time let me one more time for posterity
0: you blew it
1: there we go and now we're going into this month in video game history in march of 1982 atari's atari 2600 version of pac-man hit stores 12 million cartridges are produced, 7 million are sold. It is believed to be one of the causes of the North American video game crash of 1983. I would say that is what got the ball rolling on the American video game crash of 83.
0: You know, we actually had a very good discussion about that uh, on episode 100 of this podcast.
1: Go back and listen to that. I had a very good interview with, with Mr. Scott Johnson for that episode. Who was affected directly by the video game crash of '83? Very good episode. I may actually just repost that soon because that was a great episode.
0: Yeah, that's definitely in my top five favorite episodes that we've ever done. Oh, you yeah. know, I, I wasn't able to be part of the interview, but I still loved, you know, going back and listening to it.
1: Yeah, well, it was great. As far as the video game crash, I think uh, Pac-Man started it, and E.T. pretty much finished it off.
0: Basically, Pac-Man, if, if we were to use a basketball analogy, Pac-Man threw the ball in the air, and E.T. got it in the hoop.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
0: Let's see. March 11th of 1982, Infocom releases their first non-Zork title, Deadline. Never heard of it. I haven't either. Zork sounds like the, the character from Space Ghost. Never, the, I, I think the, we've the, talked John about it.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is, I think it, his name it, was Zorak. Zor- was, I think, was it, name. Z- Zorak. What was it, it? Brack. That was his name, Brack. Let's see. No, it was Zorak. Oh, Zorak. Yeah, there's Zorak and Brack, I think.
0: Yeah. But anyway, think- I've never heard of this game, but I, I kind of like the cover art. It has kind of that classic, like, yeah, you know, old, like the cover to an old mystery novel. Yeah, it kind of looks like a Sherlock Holmes type deal. Yeah. Hmm. I I, I would have probably gotten into this back in the day. Probably. I I, I like a good mystery.
1: Yeah. Uh, And here's a game that we've talked about several times in the last few years. In 1983, in March, Namco releases Mappy. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mappy is uh, a cute little uh, mouse who is a cop and um it it runs on the uh super super pac-man hardware modified to support horizontal scrolling
0: yeah they got a cool screen cap here that shows what the gameplay actually looks like the it sounds like a cool concept like you know it's the cover art is very bright and colorful and would definitely Mm. attract kids oh yeah definitely so let's see it also spawned get this a 2013 animated web series really yeah that's pretty wild people are still into mappy huh i guess so 40 years
1: later march of
0: 1984 ibm releases the ibm pc jr in an attempt to enter the home computer market it has improved sound and graphics over the original business-oriented ibm pc but is a commercial failure
1: yeah, it's rare to hear of uh, IBM PCs being a failure back in the day because IBM was pretty big.
0: Yeah, IBM was one of the kings. Oh, absolutely! Of computers back then. Uh, yeah, this this uh, looks exactly like a computer I would have used like see. in elementary school.
1: I'll take a look at this thing. Oh yeah, that is eighties as hell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I love it. Uh, it would have cost at the time. What would that be today? Good Lord, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That'd be like $10,000 today. Jesus.
0: (laughs) I would love to have one of these just to sit around my house as like a display. Oh,
1: yeah. That'd be cool. I I still want an Apple II, a working Apple II with uh, um, Oregon Trail ready to go.
0: Oh, that'd be great. We <laughs> um, haven't reviewed Oregon Trail on this show yet. We should Oregon Trail <laughs> should, such
1: a good game.
0: We should do a co-review of that at some point.
1: I'm down for that. I'm sure you can get it like on Steam or something for like a.
0: Buck. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. I can see it being fairly easy to find.
1: Uh, let's see. We. Uh oh. Did I? Damn it. Hold on. Give me one second. I accidentally. Uh closed out my twitch tab so i can keep an eye on the chat room and make sure our stream is still going good yeah still it's been holding strong cool all right uh let me get back to this okay and march 21st of 1989 sega releases fantasy star 2 a landmark title for the role-playing video game genre did you ever play any of the fantasy star games back in the day
0: um, kind of. I played a Fantasy Star game for the GameCube. I think it was called Fantasy Star Online. I think so. Let me look that up just to confirm. But I remember I couldn't really get into it just because, I don't know, it, I wanted to like it because I like RPGs, but I just could not, I couldn't get into the story. And there were so many other games that I was into at the time Yeah. That it just kind of like I tried it and I was like, I'm not really going to get into this. So,
1: well, it says it was uh, it was made available through Nintendo's Virtual Console in 2008. Uh, released on Xbox Live Arcade on June 10th, 2009, uh, and also an iPhone port of the game was released. Um, mm-hmm. and it's also now available through Itu- uh, through uh, through both iTunes and Android.
0: Nice. So awesome. If you I want to play Fantasy Star, Star, Star 2,
1: good ways to get it.
0: Yeah. And to close us out for this month in video game history, in March of 1993, Nintendo releases Kirby's Adventure for the NES. It introduced Kirby's ability to take on the powers of enemies he has eaten, which will go on to become a staple of the franchise and also has the first appearance of Meta Knight, who is yeah. a awesome character in Super Smash Bros.
1: I never got to play Kirby's Adventure cuz it seemed kind of kiddy to me back in mm-hmm. the day, but I think I might go ahead and play it on the Switch cuz it looks fun.
0: It is fun. It's not so far from me playing it. It's not the most challenging game, but I'm not going to lie, the soundtrack is really catchy. The graphics are very bright, and it, it does have that kind of, you know, childish like kiddy look to it. Mm-hmm. So far it's fun. Awesome. I, gonna, I'd uh, recommend giving it a shot.
1: That's what I need. I need something that's not too hard to play, something that I can just kind of shut my brain off and have fun.
0: Yeah. No, and I I think that game serves that purpose.
1: And tonight for our review, I will be talking about That music is from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, which I think closes me out for uh, our uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES reviews. I don't think I have any more Turtles games to do after this one.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: Uh-oh, the Discord. Come on, Discord, don't do this to me. Hello, Derek, can you hear me? All right, let me pause for just one moment. And we're back after a little bit of technical difficulty with old Mr. Discord. Um,
0: <laughs> so I think that might have actually been my fault because in the uh, when I was doing my best dance moves, I knocked loose the USB cable <laughs> on my microphone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what nope. we were talking about. I think I was talking about how this was um, my your last
0: Ninja Turtles review for the yeah, NES.
1: So uh, I'm I'm closing out the uh, the turtles games for the NES. I don't think there are any more other than this one.
0: No, there are none that I can remember. So we'll we'll have to move on, I guess, to the SNES. I mean, I, were there any other Ninja Turtles games besides Turtles in Time? <sighs> I, there had to I, have been
1: there had. oh yeah yeah there was Um. there was the fighting game the Ninja Turtles and uh, no the, I'm thinking of Battletoads no, that might be the only let's one see. let's see da, 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 yeah da. you look that up real quick see if there are any more
0: that's what I'm looking at too let's see da, 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 da. turtles in time for SNES uh, there was one for the yeah, there was Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. Uh that's right. That's yes, what I was yes. thinking
1: of. I actually think I have a uh, a ROM of that.
0: Hmm. Well, there was one for the Genesis called Turtles: The Hyperstone Heist. No, never heard of that. Hmm. Wow, wow! But Teenage Mutant
1: Ninja Turtles Three: The Manhattan Project is a side-scrolling beat 'em up based. Um, <clears throat> released for by Konami for the Nintendo Entertainment System in Japan in 1991 and for the NES in North America in 92. It is the third game of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles saga for the NES. Game feature plays uh, play mechanics similar to the previous game, Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, but it is an original title for the NES without any preceding arcade version. Uh, based on the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series being released after the show, <clears throat> so uh, this game really isn't much different than the arcade game. Uh, moves are the same. Uh, a lot of the uh, you know the, uh, the actual look of the game, the graphics and everything, are just basically just the same as part two. There are a few differences here and there as far as a couple of the moves. You do have like a a super move that you can do now. Each turtle can do a super move um, that if you get into trouble with a lot of uh, enemies on the screen or you're getting overwhelmed, you can do a super move. But the bad thing is every time you do a super move, it takes off a little bit of your your health bar, so you have to really kind of be sparing, you know, use it sparingly throughout the game. Um, but the game begins with the turtles spending their vacation in Key West, Florida, while watching April O'Neil's latest news report. Her broadcast is suddenly hijacked by the turtles' nemesis, Shredder, taking Aprils as his hostage. Shredder reveals that he has also turned um, the entire borough of Manhattan into a floating island and challenges the turtles to come to his lair to stop him. So basically, uh, you, just like the previous games, you pick which turtle that you want to play. Um, me, I usually prefer—I uh, prefer either Leonardo or Donatello at all times. <laughs> um, they're pretty much two of the best turtles to use. But you know, Michelangelo and Raphael are still pretty good. I mean, each of the turtles are, are pretty. Um, You know they're all pretty equal as far as how good they fight. It's not like the 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 first game where Donatello is pretty much the only overpowered turtle there is, and you really only need him for the entire game. As long as you keep him alive, you're good. Um, But yeah, I mean this game kind of has that three quarter view, much like exactly like the second game. So if you enjoyed the second game, you're gonna love. Uh, the Manhattan Project, which actually, I'll be honest, I kind of like the Manhattan Project better than Part 2. A lot of people will fight me on that because, don't get me wrong, I love Part 2, the arcade game. I mean, I have such good memories of that game, especially playing the actual arcade title, um, actually getting to play it at home on the NES. I mean, I played the crap out of that game. But as far as being older... Now, I think I actually prefer the Manhattan Project to the second game. Uh, you get a lot more, um, you know, you get some new enemies uh, in it. Um, you, you play a lot of the same enemies as, as the first game. You know, the whole game is eight levels. It goes from Florida. You start out on the beach in Florida, and then you have sort of like a, um, a surfing um, part of the game after that, and then you go on to Manhattan where you, uh, you go on the Technodrome, um, <coughs> you have all your regular enemies like the foot soldiers, uh, mousers, uh, stone warriors. Games bosses include villains from the cartoon series and toy lines such as Dirtbag, Ground Chuck, Slash, and Leatherhead. In addition to the return of Shredder and Krang, and of course, Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, Toka and Razar from the film Ninja Turtles 2 The Secret of the Ooze also appear, alongside Shredder's mutated counterpart from the film Super Shredder as the game's final boss. Despite being on the cover, there are no Triceratons in the game. Which was kind of weird because you're kinda like, well, where is- I don't see any triceratops in the game, but there's one on the cover of the game. So I don't know if they just kind of it was an oversight, but I don't know why they didn't put like shredder on the cover or something. The cover art is awesome, but it's yeah. just sort of weird because there's no there's no triceratops in the game.
0: Yeah, the the cover is very much like the old comic books in a way, except you know, in full color. Um, I, I love it. It screams old school Ninja Turtles. And it's funny because I was actually watching some gameplay on YouTube before we started. And you know, you mentioned that it's very similar to the original arcade game. But mm. I kind of look at it as if it's working, then why change it? Yeah, exactly. And they it sounds like they added enough. You know, to the game that to make it a little bit different, mm. but as far as the gameplay goes, it works so well. Yeah, it did. To and me, almost every Ninja Turtles game should be made like that. Exactly. Like, uh, this
1: game is just so fun to just sort of just, there's nothing uh, RPG. It's just, it's a straight, just side scrolling beat em up. And, and if you love that Nintendo era, and Super Nintendo era of side-scrolling beat 'em ups, this is definitely one of the best ones you can get. Especially if you love Ninja Turtles. If you love the Ninja Turtles, of course, me and Derek both are no. We've never been shy about our love for the Ninja Turtles. Um, I mean, we've done many, many roundtable episodes about uh, Ninja Turtles. We've done, of course, you know, I still love the very first Ninja Turtles uh, game for the Nintendo, even though people. I I think people used to hate it. I don't think there's as much hate for that game now as there used to be, because I think people are actually really seeing how good that game actually is. Um, this I, I think just at the time that that game came out, we had the the arcade game in the arcades, and then you get Ninja Turtles on the Nintendo, and it is nothing like the arcade game. But then, of course, they actually ported the arcade game as Ninja Turtles 2. And that kind of overshadowed the first game because that part two was what people actually wanted. But if you go back and play the original Ninja Turtles game, it stands out on its own as a really good game with a lot of good concepts in it.
0: Yeah, I need to go back and play that original one. You know, I I never owned it, but I remember going to the dentist as a kid and they had the, the original NES, and one of the games they had was the original Ninja Turtles. And yeah, it's very different, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I I much prefer the side scroller beat 'em up like the original arcade game, yeah. and Turtles in Time. But you know, I I I don't remember hating that original game.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think the only thing it was it was it, it, that underwater stage was so frustrating, and I think that's what really yeah. ruined the game for people. But once you get past that stage. It's great. I mean, the game is hard as hell, but it's it's the definition of Nintendo hard. There's a lot of platforming in that game, but as far as part 2 and part 3, you know, uh, the arcade game and the Manhattan project, they're almost like a separate entity. If you, <laughs> you know, like they're completely different than that first game. And of course, if you love the arcade game, you're gonna love the Manhattan Project. You know, you like I said, you start out on the beach, you have your surfing part, and then you just go into Manhattan and you go through your eight different levels. Of course, you fight all your different bosses like Bebop and Rocksteady and all kind of the the regulars of of the nin, the Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, universe. And it's a great game. And if you can play it two player. I haven't had anyone to play this particular game two player with me. I would love if me and you could get in the same room. I would love to play this game as two player. It'd probably be a lot easier with two people.
0: Oh, that'd be great. No, I'd love to do that. But I, I don't know if there's
1: anything bad I can say about the game other than the fact that I don't like the fact that you know your super move takes off. Life when you do it, but I can see why they put that in the game because you would just keep doing that over and over again and never die. It's sort of like the uh, it's it's the it would be the instant win button if there wasn't some sort of, uh, um, you know, mechanic to it to keep you from doing it all the time.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because it says here, Electronic Gaming Monthly awarded this game Best NES Game of 1992. Really? Out of the entire year, that's that's pretty high praise. I would, I would
1: say that that's that holds up. I mean, the, I never played this particular game when I was a kid. I played Part Two. I didn't play the Manhattan Project till I actually got this game a couple of months or about a year or so ago. I got this game. Um, actually, I think it was I got this game from Joey Image, who, who's a regular on our show here, and uh, the great
0: a, Joey Image.
1: Yeah, and I got it home and started playing. And I was like, man, this is just kind of more. I I don't mean to say this. I know this kind of has a negative connotation to it. It's more of the same when it comes to you know talking about. Part two, the arcade game, but like you said earlier, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. So it's just really a continuation of the second game. If you like the second game, you're gonna like this one. I, I personally like it more than part two, um, but that's just that's my me. Brace. Yeah, and a lot of people really look at part two. I think. And don't get me wrong, I think they look at it with rose-colored glasses because as great of a game as it is, it does have a lot of flaws to it. And this one kind of has some of the same flaws. I mean, there's a lot of flicker and slowdown in the game when you get too many enemies on the screen, which it was sort of a, even going back to the very first game, which was riddled with slowdown and flicker because um, just of the limitations of the NES itself. Which is why I would actually love to see them redo these games for the uh the Nintendo Switch. Like I, I I would love to turn on the Nintendo Switch online and see Ninja Turtles one, two, and three on there. Like that would just be fantastic to me. Drink Wally. Drink Wally. As a matter of fact, I will drink
0: that little <laughs> sip. I will do the same. Yeah, you've you've made me actually really want to play this, and I will say the graphics for an NES game actually hold up fairly well. Like it's one of the oh, better yeah. looking NES games.
1: Oh yeah, the these two games, the Part Two and Part Three, both are just they're so bright and colorful, and you know the 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 turtles look great, and they they they're the animations of the characters are really you know just fit what you would. You know how you want the turtles to fight, and you know, in, in a side-scrolling beat 'em up type of game, and you know we're we're Ninja Turtles fans. So, uh, and this game is actually, I, I meant to say this a, a little while ago. I mean, you, the arcade game part two, uh, they're kind of a dime a dozen. You can get those for relatively cheap. Um, but these, the Manhattan Project, they, I don't think they quite made as many of these, so they're not as easy to find. And I think the cheapest you're going to be able to pick this game up is, I think the cheapest you're going to be able to get is maybe 30 40 bucks to to pick up a copy of this game. So it's it's a little more expensive than you know most of your uh, most of your NES games that you're going to pick up like you can pick up a lot of games for relatively cheap, you know, between 10 and 15 bucks. But this one's going to be a little bit harder to find and you're going to pay a little more for it, but it's it's completely worth the money. If you if you find a copy of it or hell even if you just want to get a copy on eBay, it's completely worth the money. It's absolutely playable. I and mean, it's so fun to play. It's just one of those just great side scrolling n e s turn your brain off and just play the game type of games,
0: which are not they're not a bad thing, I mean, and kind of going back to you know, I've complained sometimes about games being too stagnant as far as gameplay goes, but that's not always a bad thing, yeah, and I think with this style of game like with the Ninja Turtles games, it's not a bad thing
1: yeah and, and, and- Oh, go ahead I, I was gonna say it I mean it does tend to get a little repetitive towards the end of the game because you you know it's it's eight full levels of the game and you're kind of just fighting the same enemies over and over again. So it does tend to get a little bit long, but at the same time, it's still just fun to play. you know I, I would love to play this with a with another person and play this game as a two player. Um if we could just get together and do that one day, I think that would be fun.
0: Yeah, no, we'll we'll figure something out.
1: But um out of a scale of 10, I think this this game gets a solid I I would say 8.5. I mean, it has its flaws, but other than that, uh, it, it's minor flaws, but it's the fun factor and just the fact that it's Ninja Turtles, 8.5. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's a that's an awesome score, and you know you you've inspired me to want to actually play this game because I played the arcade game, Mm. but I never played this one. Like I I I knew of it, but I just never just never played it. So I'm looking forward to doing
1: that. And I love having the entire trilogy on you know in my NES collection. Just being a turtles fan for 35 years now just i just love to look over there and see turtles one two and three like that just i love that
0: yeah that's awesome i actually had an idea for what we could do for our next uh, commentary show oh yeah so we'd have to wait until next year to do it but next year is the 20 year anniversary of the original ninja turtles movie
1: oh i'm so down for that
0: Because that's still top 10 favorite movie for me. It was actually the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, somehow my my mom decided to take me to go see it because I was such a huge Ninja Turtles fanatic. And even though it, it looked a lot darker than the cartoon, I still got to go see it. I still have some pretty decent memories from watching it.
1: I begged. Begged my parents to take me to see it. I think my, I think it was my dad took me to see it because you know my dad was always into martial arts and karate and stuff when I was a kid. So I think the fact that they were Ninja Turtles, uh, I was very able to easily talk him into taking me to the movies to see it.
0: And that movie still holds up. Yeah, it does. I, love I actually watched it. I think two months ago. Yeah, I watched it was so it.
1: good. I watched it about a year or so ago. I think it. Did I watch it on DVD or did I watch it? I think it might have been on Netflix or something. I don't remember. It was either on Netflix or Prime. I think it. I think I might have watched it on Netflix, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I'm definitely down for doing a uh, audio commentary of that movie. I love that, that would movie be so, so fun. Much. But um, anything else um, you want to cover before we uh, move into our listener email?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Alright, well let me, uh, we got a listener email, and actually I missed this uh, the last episode, so I apologize for missing it. Um, But uh, we're going to go ahead and cover it this week. Let me play a little bit of music here. Uh, Hi Jason and Derek, after listening to your Zelda 2 review, I was disappointed disappointed that you didn't like it more. I heard you both say before that you didn't like it, but after playing Breath of the Wild, I thought you might enjoy a harder combat system in a Zelda game. I love Zelda 2. My brother and I played the game until we couldn't find the magic key, went back through the whole game looking for it, started a new game, and repeated. In our fourth playthrough, over the span of a year or two, I finally found the damn key and considered beating Zelda 2 with no guide or even help from friends or parents, my greatest gaming achievement." I understand how anyone can dislike a platformer with knockback damage, though. That's my main complaint about Castlevania. Yeah, that's one of my biggest complaints about that game, too. And Ninja Gaiden. In your live episode, Wally mentioned that he doesn't play modern games because of the time commitment to them. And Jason said he thinks the current state of video games is unsustainable. Combining these two ideas makes me wonder if smaller games will become more popular as gamers get older. I think so. Uh, I bought my Xbox 360 when I was 19 and loved playing huge games on it. I'm now 32 and have a 5-year-old, so I like playing my Switch where I can play in the car before work and just put the system to sleep and I don't have to worry about saving. I'm from the SNES generation, and a lot of my friends have kids and still don't. I'm thinking, as the young adults start having kids in about 10 years, maybe there will finally be enough parents that enjoy smaller games to warrant big studios having small teams making indie-style games. I just wonder if by then I will be ready to play the long RPGs again. I love your show, and I'm looking forward to Derek's review of Final Fantasy, or six, but who's counting? I hope he can play it with an open mind. Halam Akbar. And thank you, Mr. Akbar. Um, uh, sorry, I've, I completely missed this email the last show we had. But uh, but yes, Derek played it with an open mind, and um, we did a pretty good review of it. I think.
0: Yeah, I actually ended up liking the game, and I, I do get what he's saying about the. You know, it's funny because he and I are the same age and grew up with that same era of games, and I I love those RPGs. You know, I've listed them off several times, but I I will say that when it comes to gaming these days, I do prefer to play something that, you know, it doesn't take as much time and effort. Like it's something I can play for like half an hour, maybe 45 minutes and then, you know, put it down and go on about my day. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you know, I, I we have we did talk about this in depth on the on the live episode we did at Pensacon, but I I think he's right. I, I think a lot of players that uh, you know are, are, uh, his age and our age and and people I'd say about thirty two and up, I think uh, there's going to be a market for smaller, more get in get out type of games that um, these big video games are going to have to start looking at because. Uh, You know, focusing their time solely on these AAA titles that cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make. I mean, yeah, have, you know, your one or two big games a year, but focus on a lot of smaller games, too. Um, You don't have to make the big AAA games that big to where you have to have hundreds of people working on them. I mean, you can have small teams of people making smaller games. Um, you know, from companies like EA and stuff like that to where they, they, it would be a little more sustainable in my my mind if they did something like that.
0: Well, I also think it's kind of a reflection of even society as a whole because everyone's moving at such a fast pace with everything yeah. they do. You know, I remember when I was in high school and even in college, you know, I spent a lot of my weekends because I didn't have a job. So, all I focused on was going to school throughout the week. And then the weekends I would spend with friends playing Halo. Oh, yeah. So, I would go through and I would go through the campaigns for the entire Halo trilogy at the time. And I could play these longer games. And really, the only long game that I will really commit myself to is a Zelda game.
1: Yeah, same here. That's really (laughs) good. Yeah, I had such a blast playing Breath of the Wild, but that was really the last big game that I played. And uh, it's probably going to be a while before I can jump into another big game like that.
0: Yeah, for me, it will more than likely be the, the next Zelda.
1: Yeah, same here. <laughs> but uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we leave here this evening?
0: No, just always as always, be sure to check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Uh, new episodes come out every Thursday on uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, all podcasting platforms, and you can follow the show on social media at the Diamond Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Fantastic. Well, let me go ahead and get our music ready to play here. Oh, not that one. I want the uh, the Nerd Cave music, not Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> Ah, well, here we go. You can find us at nerdcaveretro.com. You can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And individually at JFontastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nerdcabe Retro. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nerdcabe Retro. Go head over there. Help us get back up to that $50 a month mark so we can start doing the uh, the extra episodes every month for you guys. We like doing those, so help us out. And of course, if you can't do that, go leave us a review. Wherever you listen to our fine podcast, just go leave us a review and that helps us bump us up in the ratings. So Derek, please tell
0: them what it's all about. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle, turtle power. power. You blow it!
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods